Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazde. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So it can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. Oh my gosh, this conversation with Mike McCarthy was off the freaking hook. We talked about entrepreneurism, starting businesses, lessons that we would give ourselves if we could talk to the 22-year-old versions of Darius and Mike. And I will tell you this, we talked about family legacy, leaving a legacy, and and how families like, like the Vanderbilts within four generations lost all their wealth and things you can do to basically protect your family from having that same outcome. We talk about family values. The one thing he and I majorly have in common, we are core value evangelists. We went deep on that. And man, I will tell you this, it was just such a cool and enlightening conversation around how to build and design the life of your dreams. So uh, stay tuned for such an amazing episode. We love you. Peace out. Guys, welcome to this today's episode of The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazde, and boy, do we have an amazing guest. My main man, Mike McCarthy, is in the house. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Oh, man. I'm so pumped to have you here, man. It's been, I, I was like, man, I got to get Mike on the show, you know, and, and I've heard you on John's show and, 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 and just, you know, we've crossed paths in so many of these like tertiary ways around Austin. And, uh, man, here we are. Absolutely. It's about time we get the, uh, two evangelists, as you said, of core values on the same call, right? Yeah, there's going to be so much core value evangelism on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know what's... I think uh, Riverside FM, which is the platform I use, might explode. <laughs> <laughs> They'll so, rethink uh, their values at least. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so for new listeners, the, core, uh, the, the Greatness Machine is really about two things. We're about people who are living their passions and those are creating greatness in the world. And my main man, Mike, here is neither short of passion nor greatness. Um, I always like, Mike, I always like to kind of give a little bit of background on how, if I have crossed paths with the guests in the past, how I have it. And in your case, I met you almost two years ago at an event, um, at your event, actually, for GoBundance. Um, we're talking about GoBundance on the show, but Mike is, is one of the co-founders of GoBundance, which is an amazing mastermind um, based out of, I guess you guys are national, um, but you and David are here in, in Austin. Um, and, and so I, I spoke at, at their um, Champions event on my book, The Core Value Equation. 
And right away, I find out like that one of the co-founders of GoBundance is this hardcore core value evangelist. And Mike and I have like, like we, I don't know if you could see more eye to eye on how you can leverage values both in your life and with your families. And um, yeah, man, I, I was like, we didn't get to hang out that much, but I walked away thinking like, hey, he and I have something in common, like deep down inside and I got to get to know him better. But yeah, yeah. man, it, it was, it was a cool event. It was good to meet you there. And um, here we are today going to go dive deep and get to spend some time together. Um, so man, thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, this is awesome. I'm, I'm excited to connect on, uh, on values and I love what you're doing with the podcast. It's awesome to see it growing and you know, your hard work's paying off. So this is awesome. Thank you. Um, do you mind if I give a little bit of your formal bio just for the audience, just so they can kind of know more about you and then, and I'd love to then dive into like, how you got started and the stuff you're working on because you're working on so many cool things. Does that work for you? Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. You guys, so Mike is a husband, father, and serial entrepreneur, a uh, big player at Keller Williams. Um, you guys, uh, you you're part of, you and David are partners, or is, is that correct? In one region, and then the region I operate, we're not partners, and he's got a few regions that I'm not partners in as well. So, Got it. So you're a regional operating partner at Keller uh, you lead over 11,000 real estate agents in over 50 locations um, and that have did, last year did over 25 billion in real estate sales. So massive, massive business over at Keller. Um, you are the co-founder of GoBundance, mastermind, co-author of The Tribe of Millionaires, The Miracle Morning for Partners, or excuse me, for Parents and Families. And that's a, that, that's a book you wrote with Hal Elrod. Is that correct? Yep. And my wife, Lindsay. Yep. Oh, very cool. Um, and just man, all around family man. And, and as I said earlier, uh, a big, big core value evangelist. So man, I want to talk about go abundance, fan abundance, Keller Williams, the whole shebang and really dive into values today, if you don't mind. But, but what I'd love to do is kind of take us back because I doubt, I doubt when you were 10 years old, you're like, you know, I'm going to get into real estate, start a few, you know, masterminds, get all into core values. Like, like we all kind of end up on our journeys and end up where we end up. Uh, usually I think not, I don't think it's necessarily intentional from when we're young, but kind of through trials and tribulations. I'd love to hear, you know, your, a little bit of your, your, your origin story and entrepreneurial story. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's really cool to be able to share that. And I appreciate that. You know, what's really interesting is, um, a lot of what I'm doing is, you know, uh, related to being a second generation entrepreneur. So, I'm what you call an SOB in the real estate world. That stands for son of a broker, in case you're you're <laughs> wondering. Uh, so real estate's a family business. I grew up in real estate. You know, I had been uh, helping real estates with their marketing and stuffing envelopes even as early as uh, 10 years old, working in my dad's offices. Um, when I graduated uh, college, I had a business degree, got my real estate license and didn't really know what I wanted to do. I'd always said I didn't want to work for my dad. I wanted to make my own way. And uh, I found this company, Keller Williams, he was working for to be very intriguing. They had a very clear value system. They had an identity that was palpable, a culture that was powerful. And the education that they were um, that I was attending because of my connection to my father was blowing me away. It was like I was drinking from a fire hose and and I didn't go to get my MBA, but in a lot of ways, I felt like Keller Williams was an MBA uh, for me. And I started crunching some of the numbers of an opportunity my dad had recently uh, had had been able to, to take advantage of. And that was the greater Pennsylvania region. 
Uh, I started to map out territories and crunch numbers. And I'm like, as a 21 year old kid, I'm like, holy moly, this is a tremendous opportunity. If we do half of what's possible here, um, this is a, this is like a once in a lifetime legacy building opportunity. So I, I uprooted, I moved to Philadelphia, left Colorado. Um, I'm a Colorado kid, uh, through and through. So that was a, a tough decision. Uh, but I wanted to build something and I, I, I came around to the idea of building it with my father. And I started to really see the power of legacy and, now my father uh, has been retired for quite some time. Uh, we have a great relationship. He's super proud of what I've done. I'm proud of what he's done. And now we just are really looking to the next generation. You know, uh, we want to make sure that my kids have opportunity um, and also that they're prepared to just be great people and be happy. And that's really where that, that value piece came in to play is because out of anything that I could leave to my children, I believe it's the values that are most important above all else. I love that. So let's back up for a second. So you, so you're from, you were, your dad was a broker in Colorado. Is that correct? Yeah. And, and he, he crushed it with Keller Williams and the Pennsylvania region hadn't been developed yet. Uh, someone had tried right. and failed and Mo Anderson, the CEO at the time came to him and said, we want you to purchase this, uh, the rights to this uh, region. And he did. And so for a long time, he and I traveled for a year. We traveled out there every two weeks and stayed for two weeks. My job was cold caller. I would call top agents, get an appointment set, and then we would stack them all up for two weeks. We would go out there and I'd watch my dad give these recruiting presentations. Eventually, I would start talking during those presentations and I would know I was on the right track if I didn't get kicked under the table. And uh, eventually <laughs> I, I wasn't, wasn't getting kicked anymore, didn't have any bruises. And that was right when I, in a lot of ways, right when I not so humbly decided I should be the leader of that and I knew what I needed to know and you know I could take the reins. And I'm glad I did that. Um, I wasn't as smart as I thought I was. And it turns out my dad is brilliant because he let me take the control and make mistakes and learn. And uh, I was able to grow the business that we have today kind of with him and for him. And uh, he's proud of that now. But, you know, it was a little friction in there with us uh, at some points. But you work through that and you stick to your values. Yeah, I mean, that's that's it's interesting. Like, number one, family businesses are super complicated, right? Because you have the family dynamic, which has its own a lot of you know, complications around personal relationship, familial relationship, relationships between like your mom and him, you and your mom, you know, or, you know, assuming that that's a dynamic, you know, I don't know if you have siblings or not, but I mean, I worked with my twin brother for 20 years. And, and so I, I can appreciate the, the, the kicking. I, I was like, I think we kicked each other under the table a shit ton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But happened. you said that I was, I was like, we totally did that. <laughs> Like a whole um, language that you can learn is kicking under the table. <laughs> yeah, the kick, the kick under the table is the universal shut the f up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you guys uh, built that region. Did you end up eventually moving to, to PA, or did you stay? Yeah, in Colorado? so after a year of sleeping in hotel rooms with my pops at 
21, I was like, let's, let's do this. And, and I also, anytime I would leave, I felt like we weren't progressing the business forward. So I just wanted to be there full time and, and hit it hard. And so we moved out there. It was tough. I didn't have a lot of friends, didn't know a lot of people. My friend was work, uh, for, for a good 10 years straight. And I just did everything I could to build that region, but I was so young too. And I would call these agents, a lot of them very experienced agents. And when I would go to meet with them, their draw would basically drop to the floor because they were like, uh, we were not expecting someone like you. We, we were expecting like a old man in a suit or, a, you know, somebody else. And I'm like, no, nope, this is, this is it. We're, we're a new kind of real estate company. And I'm yeah, that's, that, I love that. Especially uh, you said something that just really resonated with me. I'm like, ah, work. The friend that has your back 24 <laughs> seven, always willing to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, work's been a great friend for me. I'm like, he, he or she always demands me to be there. And I've had to fight that. I've had to build a lot of boundaries around that friendship. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So, but I, I do think when you're young, though, there's which, you know, I mean, look, there's different schools of thought. I actually just did a podcast a couple of days ago that just dropped this morning where I said, you know, one of the best I said, if if 10 year old version Darius was to talk to me today, what advice would I give myself? Right. And I and I kind of had gave up, gave off this list of advice. And and, you know, I know you're you're a front row dads, right? Is that correct? Yep. yep. Yeah, I'm so, a lifetime so, member. So. Yeah, so, so. So. So, you know, I've talked to John about this and. And, um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm always kind of fighting my demons to be a better dad and to, to show up more. And one of the things that says that, you know, I need to, you know, spend more time with your kids. They're going to be gone. Right. That's an advice I'd give myself. But, but one of the pieces of advice I gave myself, actually, I said, look, if I was to give 24 year old Darius advice, it would be like, go travel around the world, man. Cause, yeah. cause this year you're this year, it doesn't matter if you start the company at 25 or 26, but traveling around the world when you're, when you're 25, you can't do it again. It's like a thing that never happens in the future and you're going to get obligations and you're going to have kids and you're going to get married and you're going to not be able to go do that. And, and I will say, I mean, I don't regret much in my life, but I will say like, ah, man, I screwed that one up. What are, you, what are your thoughts about that? Having been a young entrepreneur and having grinded like the way you did? Because when you said that, I'm like, dude, you're telling my life back to me right now. What, like, would you have done? What, what advice would you have given to 22 or 21 year old Mike? I similar to you, like it's, it's interesting. I'll go to both sides of that as one. I actually would have said work even harder earlier because there's a season in your life. I believe where it's, it's time to hustle. And I don't like the whole hustle culture because no. I think it's burnout time away from family. And I, I, I vehemently am against the hustle culture. If it takes you away from your family too much, but I, when I think back to that, it's like I had a lot of energy. I could really work as hard as I wanted. I could burn the candle at both ends. And it didn't impact me the way that it does now. Like later in life, if I work like that, I'll feel it, right? Um, right. But I would have also played more at the same time. So worked harder earlier. And I would have taken the vacations like you're talking about. I just was with my best friend of 20 plus years uh, a few weeks ago. And I was like, Travis, why didn't we go on any epic vacations? Like when we had graduated college and we were just starting our real estate careers, like we didn't go out of the country. We didn't, we went to like Daytona beach once. <laughs> like that was, <laughs> that was it. It was like, why did we go nowhere? You know? So 
definitely would give that same advice as like, man, when you're young and you're free and you can travel, like go see the world. Like that is a regret that I have as well. So it's funny that we both share that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I did some epic trips, but the, you know, I, the thing I did that was interesting that now when, you know, and we'll be talking about family values in a little bit here, you know, I sold myself on stories that were like, just make believe stories where I said, you're going to build your first company and sell it by the, by the time you're 30 for, you know, $10 million. And then you're going to take a year off then. And literally the opposite happened. I built my first company. It was a subprime mortgage lender. It blew up by the time I was 30 and I was in like, pain. <laughs> you know, there was, there was no take I should have taken a year off cause it would, I would have probably saved money by not losing money trying to, <laughs> trying to build my business. Right. But, but, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. It's like the stories we tell ourselves when we, when we are grinding, sometimes they come true, sometimes they don't. But what is your thought about like living for a true future or a false future? Like, like what advice would you give entrepreneurs who maybe have that same issue going well, on in their lives? Be very careful about living in the future because everything's unfolding right here in the present moment. And I know that I fell guilty of this and it, it, it took a long time for me to recover because I was always, when I be, when I sell 10 franchises in a year and I win the franchise sale award, then I'll, then I'll allow myself to be happy or take vacations or Mm. feel more accomplished. And I would always set these little goals for myself that were actually pretty big goals. And then I would hit them and not celebrate, not feel great about it, not feel fulfilled. And then I would just reset to the next goal. Oh. And, and so chasing that down all the time leads to a lot of unhappiness, a lot of anxiety. And there was a point in time, like right when I was meeting my wife, where I had to check that massively and literally went and signed up with my coach's coach, who was this very deep, energetic healer that worked with people. And I had to sort of like rewire who I thought I was, where I got my value from and, 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 and how I felt about myself. And I did that all when I was at what many would have thought like the pinnacle of your career. I was the youngest regional director in the the franchise. I had won multiple sales awards and our region was one of the biggest regions uh, that, that was out there because of selling so many franchises. And yet I didn't feel that great about anything that I had accomplished. So I had to go and really work on that. Lots of meditation, lots of gratitude lists, lots of writing down all of the things that I was angry or worried or frustrated about and burning those lists. I mean, it was a process. And even to this day, I still work with that same coach. It's been over 15 years now and every two weeks. For an hour, I'm back working on that. And what do we work on? Staying in the present moment. We work on being here right now because this is where it's all happening. Yeah, I love that, man. When you're, you know, it's I'm, I'm, I was about 15 years too late. I've been doing heavy work on that in the last five years, but, but it's, it's been a really hard path, really hard journey. You know what you talked about just now. Um, I did a podcast and anyone that's listening to this, you should go and look in my catalog for the, it's called the, the, the world's biggest lie, which is when, I, when X happens, I will be, I will feel happy or I will, I will go do this thing. And I'm like, 
for achievers, especially, and a lot of our listeners are, are CEOs, entrepreneurs, achievers, we tell ourselves this story that when X happens, then I'll go take that vacation to your pointer. When Y happens, then I'll, then I'll be happy. Then I'll have kids. Then I'll do this. Then I'll buy a house, you know, whatever it is, you know, and I had that. I mean, literally you just told my life back to me when X happens, then I will be happy. And I, I, I said, no, man, like all, uh, well, you know, we do what you just said, achievers. We hit that goal that we've always wanted to hit. And then the number moves up. Yeah. Oh, mine was to do build a hundred million dollar company, which is crazy. Right. And I hit it and I was like, mm, I want to build a billion dollar company now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I remember thinking like, uh, uh, that's, this is weird. I, I remember seeing that moment and being like, this is bullshit that like, I'll never be satisfied in Hindu. And I think there's a thing in Hinduism and Buddhism called the hungry ghost, which is a demon that's never satisfied nah. and just wants more, you know, what's the goal more. So what I heard you say is, is you were lucky enough to figure that out and younger part of your life and then to be able to, to move forward on that. So tell me like, as you started working with that coach, and doing the gratitude work and really get focused on being present. How did that unfold for you? Like, I'm sure you, you came in as an achiever with that hungry ghost wanting to be bigger, 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 bigger. And then you made this like transition. Walk us through yeah. that transition a little bit. I mean, yeah. So I was a cross country runner in high school and then uh, I was in great shape all through high school. And then that carried on, carried over. And, and then when I started really grinding and I let my health go for 10 years, the first thing that I got back in order when I started working with this coach, and it wasn't because she told me, hey, this you should go run or you should go do this. I just really got in tune with my who I was deep down. And there was a part of my personality that was still um, in tune with, hey, I'm in shape. I'm, I'm fit. I'm a runner. And so coincidentally, my mom sent me this. It had just come out the Nike plus module thing. You put it in your shoe and it tracked your running and it gamified running. And so the first thing I did for myself was I got back into shape and I started to claim a more healthy identity. And um, so, and then not only that, but I started to realize that as much as I wanted to be a regional director or a powerful leader, those were just labels that were leading to my unhappiness because deep down inside, we're so much more than father, husband, business person, all of these labels that we give ourselves. But at the end of the day, we're so much more than that. We're this infinite, you know, infinite uh, possibility walking around as a human being and we have so much power that we don't claim. And I think when we start to pile on resumes and things that stroke our ego, who we are, what we've accomplished, what our titles are, we start, we start to really lose the real person, the real soul that lives in there. And so the work, the deeper work that I started to do, it, it, it allowed me to shed those layers, like the layers of an onion, and to really find within myself, the true power that I had. And I'm not perfect at it, by the way, even to this day. So I think it's something you're constantly working on yeah. because every time I would turn around, it's like, oh, now I'm the CEO of GoBundance. Let me claim that title for a while. And eventually you have to let those go. The beauty about being able to let go of titles and accolades and accomplishments 
is that you can actually move on and do other things. A lot of people are so locked into the one position that they have and they think that's the pinnacle of it all. They think they're the best in the world at doing that. No one can do it better than them. And that's a big lie because someone absolutely could do it better than you. You could hire that person if you worked hard enough at at finding them and they would do it better than you and you would be free of whatever that job is, that business. And that's the ultimate business hack is to build something and then leverage your way out of it, create opportunity for other people and then let them shine. But a lot of people want the spotlight on them. They want the shining all on them. And they're, they're not able to like relinquish that responsibility to someone else. And if that person does really good, it's a blow to the ego because people will come up to you and go, man, things are so much better since you left and got the new guy. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, okay. All right. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. That's what I wanted. Like they should be better than me and my ego should be able to handle that. Yeah. That's, that's the ultimate win. It, it's so it's interesting. Like, um, now, you know, David Osborne, who I know you guys are business partners in the GoBundance, um, and you guys have some business together on the Keller side. Um, you know, he was a guest on the show and, and I've gotten to spend a lot of time with David cause we're in tiger 21 together. And really a lot of the stuff you're saying, I'm like, man, you, you and David sound exactly alike. This idea of, of building stuff, bringing in people to leverage it and make it better. And then you really buy back your time, right? Which is the most valuable asset we all have because you can't create more of it. There's a limited supply of it and it's impossible to buy. Is this is this a is this really like a go abundance mindset? Is this a, something you and David just shared like over time? Like walk, walk me through where you landed on that, and and then I'd love to go into the story of go abundance. Yeah, so you know this is very much something that um, I David and I both learned um, working with Gary Keller, working within the Keller Williams ethos. Um, it's something that I learned as an idea from Gary and it was cemented within the culture of Keller Williams, but I got to watch David in a very practical way, go live out all of this stuff before I did. So when I came on the scene and was working with my dad and getting kicked under the table, he one night turned to me and said, Hey, there's this guy, you need to be more like him. He's amazing. His name's David Osborne. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, like this guy is not going to be cool at all. Like this, my dad is thrusting like who I should be. I'm like, what about me? I'm great. But I met David and I was like blown away. I'm like, this guy is cool. He's down to earth. And he had blazed the same trail I was blazing. He took over the first region. He led from his mom. He was 10 years, my senior, 11 years, my senior. And he was, he became my mentor and I followed him around. I did what he did. I learned what he learned. Um, and it's been powerful because if you're going to have a mentor that isn't just for a season, that's for a lifetime, you need somebody who's going to keep growing ahead of you. They need to, to keep mm. leveling up. And David's done just that. And over time, he went from being a mentor to being uh, a friend and a business partner. And, you know, now we're actually neighbors as well. And we do right. life together. Our, our families are tight. We're tight. And uh, it's because of that relationship that uh, I was invited to start hanging out with him and his two peer partners at the time, Pat uh, Hyben and Tim Road. And they were the three amigos. And that was the beginning of GoBundance. And I came on the scene and I was just the one who kept showing up and was hungry and kept bringing people and was 
adding value. And eventually, uh, over a long period of time, we became the fourth, uh, the four amigos, and I was the fourth one. And uh, that's what spurred on GoBundance. It was it started as just a, a bunch of, of entrepreneurs getting together to go on an adventure trip and to to set goals, hold each other accountable, and be a reflection of authenticity to each other that you don't find in the world. Because especially when you get to a certain level, people just tell you what you want to hear. It's very rare that when you get to the highest levels of business that people will challenge you on your bullshit. And that's part of the core ethos of what we did. So yeah, that was the sort of beginning parts of GoBundance about 10 years ago. And now it's just grown into... Uh, we've got over 700 high net worth entrepreneurs. Wow. Uh, um, we've got a, a also, uh, actually it's 800 if you include our women's division of high net worth entrepreneurs. So it's now for men and women. And we've got two divisions that are for people who are still learning to build their net worth. And, uh, it, you know, that business has absolutely exploded in the last three years. For seven years, it was like, yeah, this is cool. We're doing great things. And then all of a sudden, it just blew up and turned into a, a full-scale business the last few years, which has been really powerful and fun to watch that evolve from really just our own, our core values of authenticity, adventure, and, and, and goal setting and showing up for each other. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and Supply & Demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius Mishazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now, and let me tell you, They've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stop me from fully enjoying the little things in life, from canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of the sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear 
with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now. And let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear, uses directed. Yeah, I love that, man. And 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 I know that, uh, and I was just thinking about this morning, I'm like, man, I got to have Chris Ryan on. And I know that he's been a huge part of that. He took over as CEO, what, two years ago? Is that correct? Yep, two years ago. Yep. So, so that, so that, so congrats on that. So for listeners that don't know, GoBundance is essentially founded by you, the four of you guys. It was a group of entrepreneurs who want to get together, do, you know, essentially have an abundance mindset, learn about investing, learn about their businesses, and then do fun, cool things together. Is that essentially the kind of the, uh, in a nutshell, what GoBundance is all about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got some, some pillars, which are kind of like our core valors, uh, values. So it's like, age-defying health, bucket list adventures, authentic relationships, genuine contribution, um, and, and a few of those. But it, when, we, when we go through those, you'll notice that none of those are building your business. Uh, and one of them is passive income, that's that, and we call it horizontal income. But right. that's really not business. That's what you do with the money you make from your business so that you're not relying on your business uh, forever and you sort of break free of that. But all of the, the pillars are designed so that it's not about just winning at business. It's about having the biggest, baddest, most abundant life that you can have where you're having fun. You're part of serving the world. You're, you know, you're part of showing up for your family. And we found that a lot of entrepreneurs really resonated with that because everywhere, everywhere else they went, it was, they had business masterminds, but they didn't have whole life millionaire masterminds that were teaching you how to be badass in every area of your life. And I think that was our secret, secret spot or sweet spot that we hit. So, so in building that, you know, in this thing about, and I love that this holistic view of, yeah, business is one part. And I, I mean, talking to David and spending time with David, I mean, I know he has a lot of goals around wealth and then he has these different gardens of wealth, right? One of which is financial, you know, mental health, physical, all these different things. So I love this holistic whole person view. Did you guys land there organically or was it like by design that we're going to have this abundant life in all these different ways? Like, tell, tell me about that because obviously it's resonated. You guys, I think when I met you guys, there was 300 of you at that point. And that was yep. 24, 22 months ago. Yep. Right. And now it's like going vertical. Like, yeah, tell me about that a little bit. It was just who we are, to be honest with you, is that we were all accomplished in business and we, we all wanted to, to know what was next. What, what, what's, there's more to life than just winning in business. And so at our core, that's who we were. We were, we wanted to go on adventures. We wanted to serve the world, you know? And so those core values really haven't changed since we started. We just got better at articulating them and defining them and knowing what they were, but it was, we, we didn't set aspirational core values and then live into them. It was just who we were. And now we're accountable to that 
uh, to 800 people because now we're models of that to others. And so that's, you know, in many ways became our, ex- another pillar of GoBundance is extreme accountability. That became our extreme accountability because we've got to think about the example we set for 800 other entrepreneurs now. That's amazing. What's the goal? Like if you were to like, give me a BHAG around GoBundance, it's, it's 2022 right now. We, you know, we lean out, it, we lean into the future as, as we say, when we talk start talking about these big, hairy, audacious goals, it's now 2042. What's the goal? Do you guys have some big goals on how big you guys want to take this? Cause obviously you want to create a lot of impact with GoBundance. Yeah. You know, I'd love to see it be in the 20,000 member range by then. I think it's, 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 it's possible. You know, when we started out at first, we got a lot of our members and even our own ideas were around, maybe we should limit the size of this and make it highly exclusive. And everyone that is in the top 150 or 200 that can be a part of it, they'll feel very special. And uh, we realized really quickly that you can't have a organization that's cemented and rooted in abundance and then try to limit it. So what we decided to do is break the training wheels off of it, uh, hire and get into business with guys like Chris Ryan and and Dirk Van Rienen also took a stab at leading it for, for quite a while or for like a year or so. And uh, we just said, let's, let's just see what this baby can do. Like, let's just unleash it. So the only thing that I would say is that as long as we can keep our culture intact and keep the intimacy alive, we'll grow it as big as we can. And so you have to start working in other angles to create intimacy. So we have pods where guys are in groups of four to six that meet virtually. So they've got at least four or five other people in the group that they talk with and, and hold each other accountable and, and support each other. And then we have micro tribes, which are you, you can sign up to start a micro tribe on a particular topic. And then you host a monthly call on that particular topic. We've got about 15 or 20 micro tribes that are active monthly from house flipping to uh, building a coaching business uh, and all across the board and everywhere in between. And then we have local chapters that meet monthly. And so that also keeps that sort of intimacy and feeling alive. Uh, What we don't want to do is grow at the sake of uh, our culture. Like we want to keep that culture alive. So I think we, as long as we can manage the size of it, we want it to grow as big as it can go. And, you know, we're realizing at this point with the people that we're in business with that we've already attracted, like we could take it to a pretty large size organization. And we will do that as long as it doesn't impact the culture negatively. Yeah. Biggest isn't always best. Right. And if you're shooting for best and as big as you can get it while keeping best, that then that makes total. I mean, that's, I fully agree with that. A good example of that is Chick-fil-A, right? They're not the biggest, but, but a lot of people consider their best in class and a lot of the stuff they do. So I love that. I want to, I want to pivot a little bit into, um, this, this, the book, right? Miracle Morning for Families. So I know that you, uh, you and Hal have a relationship. Uh, I don't know how that came to be, but yeah, tell us a little bit about that. You know, how did you meet Hal Elrod and start forming that relationship? And then, and then now you, you guys wrote a book together with you, your wife and, and Hal. Yeah. So, um, like, man, it, it might've been like 10 years ago. I don't know. It's quite a while ago. Tim Rode, he still has the charity One Life Fully Live, but he would do an annual conference and bring in speakers. And Hal came in and spoke one year. And then Lindsay and I 
did the Miracle Morning for an entire year. And the following year, he came back to speak at that same conference. And uh, Lindsay, my wife, had over the course of that time frame developed a way to do the Miracle Morning with our kids, who I believe were like three and seven at the time. They were pretty young, maybe maybe two and six. And uh, we we came back to the event and Lindsay went up to Hal and said, hey, Hal, um, our son's been doing the Miracle Morning with us. And he wrote out his affirmations. He'd like to read them to you. And so Tyler went up to Hal and read his affirmations and Hal was blown away. He was like, we should write a book together. Let's do this. And so my wife really got excited about that and went back and started writing the book. Um, we struck a, a deal with Hal to produce the book and uh, we put it out there uh, about five years ago. And then last year we actually realized that we had learned so much about parenting in five years and so much about the miracle morning and we decided to rewrite the book and then also release a playbook. And the playbook actually goes beyond the miracle morning and it has seven exercises to do at home with the family. One of them is to create your unique core values. One is to set goals together as a family. Uh, one is to create a screen time contract as a family. One's all about your morning ritual, your nighttime ritual. Uh, and then and then there's a whole part of a star system, which we use in our house, which is how we do allowance and and chores. And the kids basically have to negotiate with us uh, a value for something uh, that they want to do in the home. And then they're able to trade the McCarthy stars in later in, in order to get anything that they want to negotiate for. Um, so it used to be a long list of things they wanted to trade stars for. But it turns out they only want to spend it on really two to three things, which are sweets, screen time, and money. <laughs> so those are the three things that the kids are are earning stars for in our house. But we we taught these in, in when I in 2015 I took over Go Abundance as the CEO for three years, and I did that because I had just replaced myself as the regional director in my region hired a great uh, couple of people to really lead that. And I was free. And then I immediately took a job as a CEO with GoBundance. And I, I, I knew it was the right thing to do, but I immediately regretted the decision because I knew it was at the detriment to my family. It was going to be right. time away from them. So I decided to build a mastermind group within GoBundance for the families to participate in, which was called okay. FamBundance. And so over the course of three to four years, we led hundreds of families through these various exercises where they were collaborating and working together as a family. And watching that unfold, we realized like, hey, we're onto something here. These entrepreneurs have never done any of this stuff. By the way, they've done all of that stuff at their businesses. Totally. They've done it all. They do meetings. And because one of the other exercises is a regular family meeting as well that yeah. we teach in the book. And so I realized I'm like, oh, my God, this is a huge gap in our world, in our society, where the person who knows leadership, knows how to team build, knows how to set goals and objectives and visions and values is not bringing any of that shit into their home, not even a little Crazy. bit of it. And I was just blown away. I realized that this, this was an opportunity. And so 
the the reason we wrote that playbook is to address those specific issues where we're like, hey, if you're an entrepreneur, you have a duty to bring that into the home because otherwise, what are you doing? You're saying, I'm away from the family because I'm doing it for the family. Don't use them as an excuse to spend more time away from them. And then don't bring home the goods. Don't bring home the knowledge, the experience of what it means to be an entrepreneur or a leader. And then they build this massive business for their kids who have no leadership skills, who, who don't understand the first thing about handling a legacy of that size. And so what do they do? They inherit all these tangible assets. They get no intangible assets like character traits, skills, leadership value. They get none of that stuff. And then we're expecting them to do what with this business? Run it into the ground so they feel ashamed that they they dwindled away the whole family's fortune? It's our job as entrepreneurs to prepare our children for the legacy that we're going to leave them. It's not our job to leave them a big legacy. It's to prepare them for whatever legacy we want them to lead in their own lives. And so I just got super passionate about that. And it's because I'm a second generation entrepreneur who has now kids that are third generation entrepreneurs. And if you look at the stats around third and fourth generations, I mean, they're saying like shirt sleeve to shirt sleeve in three to four generations. That term is a term that is in 14 different cultures, it said in a different way. So wow. this peripherates everything that any society does is like the people that make the money, they then raise children who don't understand it. And then they eventually squander it away. And there's no bigger or better example of that than the Vanderbilts, because yeah. at one point, the wealthiest family in the world. And now today, there's not even a single millionaire amongst them other than Anderson Cooper, who, by the way, didn't take any family money and he made it on his own. But other than him, there's no other successful Vanderbilts to speak of that have any wealth at all that's that's mentionable. That's that's insane when you, and I know that story, but it would be like for listeners who are, are maybe younger, it, it, who are not super familiar with that story. First of all, there's a Vanderbilt University, which is a famous university in Tennessee, but that would be like, like Musk University and there's not a Musk alive who's a millionaire, right? Like the, the richest family on earth, that's relative to the time, right? And And here we are, not even what, 200 years later, 150 years later, and and there's no, nothing to speak of, man. I it, it, like my brain's firing on so many cylinders um, on the stuff you're talking about. I I, I got to share a story with you, and then I want to talk all about the family values and and the brown core values in general. And I have a really big question for you. So first of all, dude, you got so fired up by the way when you were just talking about that stuff. Like like <laughs> <laughs> like your whole being changed. I'm passionate like like, about it. Yeah, no, I'm the same way, man. Um, I had a realization. So I was, I did a program, a leadership program out of um, Dallas called Stegen, which is a conscious leadership program. It's a one year long program. And I had been this core value evangelist in my business and figure out how do you scale to, you know, I scaled a thousand person business and, and had this core value organization. And, um, and I'm sitting in the class. It's in February, 2019. This is, you know, not that long ago. And, um, and I, and I said, okay, well, let's do our personal core values. And I'm like, I haven't done my personal core values, which was like, and my brain was like, what? Like, this is crazy. 
that, that a month before in January 19, I'm sitting in a hotel in San Francisco. And I don't know if you know, like Tim Ferriss has this thing where he says that he doesn't believe in, in, um, in New Year's resolutions. He does a new, a, a new year audit. Have you heard about this before? Yep. yep. So basically for listeners who don't know, what this is you audit your previous year's calendar and anything that you didn't do, you like schedule stuff for c- the current year to make sure you do it. So I, I'm, I'm doing that. And I said, you know, I should audit how much I traveled last year. 2018. And I get like a little sheet of paper and I start marking boxes. One, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. Kind of like the, when you're in, in prison and you're counting the years off. <laughs> and I end up, well, and it was one of those three by four little like side pieces of paper for the bedroom in, in the hotel bedroom. Right. And so it's small piece. I cover the whole first page and it's only September and I flip it and I, and I end up marking 192 days that I traveled in 2018. Wow. So here I am in February of 19, traveled 192 days. No, look, my family was with me on some of those travel days, but a lot, there was months where I'd leave and come back and it's the next month. Um, and I was like CEO of this company that I had always dreamed of building, doing all the best practices you're talking about, meetings, values, purpose, everything, and then some. But I wasn't seeing my kids the way I wanted to. I didn't, I hadn't clearly defined my family values and my personal values. And I was like, man, something's got to change. And I call my assistant. I'm like, Hey, block my calendar. Like what, what am I booked through? She said, you're, this is February, by the way. She said, you're booked through, for, through, through June at this point. I said from July on block me. Like I'm done. Like I'm done. And I went, I read, I did my family values. We ended up rolling out fam, family meeting. I did all this like kind of organically, right? Some of the stuff that you guys have built a framework for. I, I ended up like trial and erroring it for a few years. But here we are now, man. Like a couple of years later, we do a family meeting every Sunday. It's based on our family core values. And it's, 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 I want to, I, I haven't read your book. I want to read it because I, I want to see how much, I want to share notes, right? Because I've been experimenting with this for, for almost four years now. But tell me, like, when you guys first started building, number one, and my big question for you was, um, what are your family core values? Yeah, great question. So um, I'm going to just pull them up so I can read them. So, w- you know, we took a different approach and I'll share kind of what that approach is after, but let me just go through them. So um, each one has a definition. And I, I, I like that because for our children and even for us, sometimes it's important to know, like, what is the actual guiding principle or what does it look like to live that value that's behind just the definition? Um, So our first one is to be servant leaders, which is uh, we're kind to all and generously share our life's blessings to set a loving example for the like-hearted families we bring together. So that's one. Uh, The next one's playful adventurers. We intuitively open to new possibilities and explore the world together, finding the magic in every moment. Uh, We are present visionaries. We are grateful and grounded in the moment as we co-create a life of abundance, adventure, and authenticity. And then we are transformation seekers. We are continually curious about how we can individually and collectively be our best and challenge ourselves to live outside our comfort zones. And then resilient warriors. We are strong, courageous, and swift because we embrace our McCarthy family motto, nothing is difficult to the brave and faithful. And then lastly, we are peaceful collaborators. We live in integrity through accountability and work together as a team to support each other in achieving our goals. So those are our six uh, core values for our family. That's uh, those are beautiful. By the way, I have six family core values as well. So so we I I I 
when I teach entrepreneurs, I say, look, we try to do, try to not have more than five. And then when I did the family ones, I'm like, ah, I got, there's, there are six. I can't help it. Like I, I don't, I want there to be five, but there's six that matter. And it's, it's funny. There's a lot of overlap between our values. Um, that's so cool. So, so when did you roll those out with the family? How long ago was that? So, and we, and like, much like you, we started with four. Um, and then as we led other families through this, we would, our family would do it and eventually we iterated on it. So one thing I would say is when you do create your family values, don't look at them as so final, look at them as something that you can absolutely iterate on or add to later. Um, and you know, just don't let that idea of perfection get in the way too. And that could be helpful to, to some folks. And, you know, we started with four, I think, let's see, my kids were, four and eight when we started with this. And now my daughter's nine. So it was five years ago. And, um, you know, the way that we did them is quite unique. You know, I've got a buddy you may be familiar with. He runs in the same circle as Roman. His name's John Berghoff. And he's another core value uh, evangelist. And he studied a concept called appreciative inquiry and then developed his own models around that that he calls the exchange approach. But basically, appreciative inquiry is about how People want to be included in building the things that they have to then be responsible for. And a lot of times in business uh, and in families, we have a leader or a person who makes all the decisions, creates the vision, creates the values, and then they come and they sort of try to shove them down onto their people like, hey, this is what we're all about. And the difference of exchange or appreciative inquiry is that it's an approach that enables the whole system or the whole group of people that might impact this, all of the stakeholders to be a part of the process where those values or that vision or the goals for the company or family are created together. And that's a big distinction because I went searching for those concepts to help me as a leader and in my business. And much like you, I realized like, oh, I need to bring this into the family as well. And so that's what we did. And the other key point about appreciative inquiry is that rather than it being aspirational or very wordy or wordsmith, you you create it not from intention, uh, but from the reality of the stories and what unfolded in your family. So within every family, there are times when we've been at our best, when we've overcome challenges, when we've come together and collaborated, when we've created music and and beauty together. Um, And there's also cautionary tales of maybe in our multiple generations, if we go back looking, uh, there could be some alcoholism or some other things. And so you want to be aware of the whole picture and story of who your family is. And so we develop core values by first sitting around and sharing stories about the family, about Mm. when we've been at our best, when were our peak experiences, And then you mine those stories to find the words that represent your strength and your value and Mm. who you are as a a McCarthy. And that's a very different approach. Most people are just looking at the words and saying, that word resonates, this word resonates, this word resonates. Let me make those my value. But are they rooted in in the stories of who your family truly is? And I've found that if you honor the the history of your family and study mm. the stories, you can really come up with who you are and define those as values. And that becomes very powerful for myself, for, for the family and for future generations that are coming along. So 
it was a great process. And uh, I'm so grateful that I was able to learn these techniques, not only to bring them into my business, but to share them with my family has been a game changer for us. I love that, man. I love that, man. I'm so fired up about this podcast right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So um, we got a few more minutes and and so I want to kind of end on two things. So with the family meeting, you guys built that. You guys, when do you guys do that? What day of the week do you guys do your family meeting? We do it on the weekend if we can. It usually be a Sunday, but we're flexible just in case we've got things going on on a Sunday. Um, and we try to do it every week, but we're not perfect uh, by any stretch. So we'll miss a couple of weeks here and there. And uh, yeah, it's just a great time to collaborate as a family. Yeah, we 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 do it. We try to do it Sundays, and literally, you just quoted my life back to me and we're not perfect. And I think the minute you give yourself that flexibility to be imperfect on it, it doesn't become a thing where it falls apart. If you don't yeah. do it for a couple of weeks, then you just say, Hey, we got to do family meeting again, right? You start doing it, it again. What's your favorite part about doing the family meeting? And I'm assuming that it's in the book as well. Yeah. It's an outline of exactly what we do is in there and also a model for you to create best practices for your own family. Um, you know, I really, man, it, ours flows together so neat. It's, you know, we, we always start with gratitude, which is great. And what we do is uh, we'll all say why we're grateful for my wife. And then she'll mm. say why she's grateful for herself. Then we move to a new member of the family and we'll all say where we're grateful for my son. Then he'll say why he's grateful for himself. So everyone gets kind of like a gratitude shower is kind of what we call it. And, and during that, you're also... Um, encouraged to point out if you've seen them living the values. So mm. I'm still, you know, I'm grateful for my wife. She's really done amazing things. She helped me with this. That shows that she's been a servant leader. And so we're trying to like catch them in the act of living the values. Yeah. We've also plastered the values all over our house. We've got a couple of different graphic designs of them. They're in the kids' rooms, they're in my room. They're in the stairway on the way up and they're over our fireplace. So they're everywhere that you can see them. And the idea is that values are, are, are caught, not taught, right? We want yeah. them to, to be living them and us to appreciate it. So I love the way we open it with that. And then my second favorite part, just because I'm torn between the two, is we'll actually share our, our high point moments since the last meeting. And that's a time to remember all of the great things that have happened since the last time that we were sat down. And this is an an act of trying to collectively remember what happened because you'd be shocked if you don't do that exercise, how many moments that were amazing get forgotten and and never brought up or talked about. And so if we can collectively recall these together, um, there's even some studies that show if you remember before you forget you can actually cement that memory in. So it's like you got to connect sometimes with moments more than just once if you want to really experience them deeply. And so reliving those moments and looking back at pictures and then talking with my kids just about what an amazing life we have, that, that's generally the, you know, those, those, op- those two openers really set the tone for the rest of our meeting. Oh, man, I'm so excited to read your book. I, I mean, like that's, uh, I've read 18 books this year so far, and that's going to be my 19th book. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so pumped for that, man. Thanks, man. Uh, and you should definitely get the playbook because I think that's the one with all the exercises. And for anyone listening, if you go to miraclemorning.com slash PF 
Playbook, which stands for Parents, Families, Playbook, you can get a couple of uh, free chapters, free exercises right away and get to work with your family, you know, this weekend if you wanted. Yeah, super pumped to do that. So I want to end on one, one uh, question, comment, and then, um, and then I'd love for you to share with the audience on where they can, you know, get all these different things we talked about. Yeah. So, dude, I heard you guys are going to Burning Man. Yeah. <laughs> Is this your first time? Yeah, you, I've never been before. And uh, I, I'm an absolute lover of music. I DJ and uh, I'll be playing at one of the camps, actually. So, Oh, cool. Which camp are you playing at? We are at the Wanderers Camp. And um, I'm going to play a set Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday from 2.30 to 4.30. I guess it's my first time. So I guess our camp serves every day at 2.30 to 4.30, gin and tonics and hot dog and EDM music. So we'll, nice. I'll, I'll be, the, be the show on Tuesday. What kind of music do you spend? I like, uh, I mean, my all-time favorite is uh, uh, Juna Beats, uh, Juna Deep. It's a music label. Uh, the group is called Above and Beyond. But okay. what I love about them is that they, per, they have a podcast called Above and Beyond Group Therapy, and they, they bring up young musical artists and producers and help promote them, and then they sign them to their record label. So that record label is Trance, Progressive House, and that's, my, that's what I love most. I, I love that melodic, deep-beating deep music. It's just beautiful. Oh. They're so cool. So there, there's a guy that spins progressive trance, uh, melodic, who's a good friend of mine, who's big at, at Burning Man named Hoj, H-O-J. And he has a camp and I'm forgetting the name of it. I'll send it to you. Okay. But there's a party there called Pink Mammoth that my friend, that's the biggest day party at, at um, Burning Man. And my really good friend, Derek Henna is the founder of it. I've never been to Burning Man, but, um, but John told me you guys are going and I was like, oh, you guys are going to have such, I, I've, I've all I've heard is amazing this and both those people I just mentioned are really big at Burning Man. So I'll um I'll email you the names and you should go check it out when you're there. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'll check it out. That sounds great. Yeah, super cool man. Man, wow. We're here we are at the final minute. Uh look, this has been I I love this podcast. This has been so much fun hanging out with you, bro. Um I'd love for you to just tell the audience where can they hook up with you and then we'll get it wrapped up here. Yeah, so best places uh on Instagram, so my handles Go Mike McCarthy. And then uh, you can also check out my website, which has some ways to contact me, gomikemccarthy.com. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. This was great. What a, what a fun conversation this was. Oh, so much so. The pleasure was definitely all mine. Um, guys, uh, what an amazing episode. Family values, go abundance, fam abundance, the miracle morning for families, and just all the cool talk about entrepreneurism. Mike, uh, so much gratitude to you, my friend. To get to spend time, get to know you better. And I, and I know we're both here in Austin. So um, I'm going to go out of my way for us to hang out offline together in person and uh, get to spend more time uh, learning from each other. So thank you so much, my friend. Yeah, let's do it. I'm definitely game for that. Let's get together. And thanks again for having me on. I hope this was valuable to your listeners. And, uh, and thanks for doing what you do, man. This is great. Getting the message out there about values is so important. Oh, my God. You, you said it best. Guys, thank you so much for listening today. If you love the episode, share it with your friends and uh, don't be afraid to give us a review. We love you so much. Peace out. You are listening to The Greatness Machine and that's a wrap for today. Listen, if you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on. So that you don't miss any of our future episodes, we have tons of great people coming on and we're, we're stoked to have you here to enjoy it with us. 
leave us a review. Tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews. We love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode, you know, made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, print screen, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind the scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing, I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.